Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to worship on this December 4th, slip sliding in. What a great day. It's good to have all of you. I'm impressed because we ran out of bulletins and you all showed up. What a deal. What a great congregation. Thank you. Um, Several announcements. I'm going to run through them. Today is, if you want to look, follow along on your announcement sheet. Today is the last day for signing up for the Women's Christmas Luncheon on December 10th. Please do that if you are uh, wanting to do that. Christmas Cantata is coming up on December 18th. There will be one service at 9 o'clock. By the way, today starts one service until after Easter, I think, sometime in April. So 9 o'clock Sunday morning, come for worship. Uh, sign up for the poinsettias uh, so we can adorn the chancel area for Christmas and memorialize and honor loved ones. This, uh, there's an announcement about the men's fishing trip that will be on January 9th through 11th. Today is the last chance, well not the last chance, but there's only a couple spots left for this trip. If you are interested, Please see Ron Melhop, and if you have signed up and haven't made your deposit, please do that also. Um, thank you to our senior choir for singing this morning. Appreciate that very much. We are celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion, and all are welcome. We are the guests in Christ. Our Lord is the host. Um, Noticed, uh, I'm sure the women noticed that the Christmas party was canceled. You'll see Pat Becker for uh, a refund. We we met as a worship committee last week, and we're going to try something new this year. On December 21st, the longest night of the year, we're going to have what's called the longest night blue Christmas evening prayer worship. And we hope that uh, you will come and support those who come who might not be having the best Christmas. So it's great. And one, uh, when our congregation gathers together to um, be with those who need a little extra support during these Christmas holidays. Um, and then finally today, after the service, we're going to have an interim conversation around the five functions of the church, worship, learning, witness, support, and service. By the way, one of our members mentioned to me that, is this like a time and talent? No, this is not asking you to commit to anything. You're not being asked to sign up for anything. You're being asked to help us evaluate what are the things that you like best about this ministry. And so there will be many opportunities uh, during this hour of conversation get your feedback on uh, what really uh, Bethesda is all about when it comes to ministry. So thank you very much. When you go into the fellowship hall after worship, there will be tables. You invite them to sit at the table. And there will be coffee and cookies at the table so you don't have to go through the line. should be a fun hour or so of discernment. Uh, are there any other announcements that need to be made that I Let me read the introduction for this uh, 
second Sunday in Advent. At the heart of our Advent preparation stands John the Baptist, who calls us to repent and make a new beginning. As the darkness increases, we turn toward the light of Christ's coming. For Christians, Jesus is the root of Jesse, the righteous judge who welcomes all, especially the poor and the weak of the earth. We wait with hope for the day when the wolf will dwell with the lamb and there will be no more hurt or destruction. From the Lord's table, we are sent in the spirit of John the Baptist to proclaim that in Christ the kingdom of God has come near. We begin our worship by singing the opening hymn, number 815, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who comes to wake us from sleep, who leads us into the life of grace. Amen. Let us prepare the way of the Lord by confessing our sin against God and neighbor. God of all time, we confess that we have not prepared for your merciful reign. Friends, hear the good news. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. In Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, and all things are made new. Rejoice in this good news. Amen. Let us join in praying together the prayer of the day. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the
Thank you, choir. Ooh, I feel short up here. <laughs> the first reading for today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. In today's reading, the prophet describes the ideal ruler who will come in the future as a green shoot springing from a dead stump, David's royal line of Jesse, David's father. Gifted by the Spirit, this Messiah will seek justice for the poor, and the reign of the monarch will be experienced as paradise regained. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7, and verses 18 through 19. Please read the bold print. May the righteous flourish, let there be an abundance of peace. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. That the mountains may bring prosperity to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he live as long as the sun and moon endure, from one generation to another. In his time, may the righteous flourish, and let there be an abundance of peace till the moon shall be no more. And blessed be your glorious name forever, and may all the earth be filled with your glory. Amen. The second reading is the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. God's promise to include Gentiles within the circle of God's blessed people has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Christians live out their unity by welcoming and encouraging each other, just as Christ has welcomed them into God's family. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures you, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness, steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, 
so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people praise him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Just before Jesus begins his public ministry, John the Baptist appears, calling people to mend their ways and speaking of a powerful one who is to come. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothes of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts with wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan. And they, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. This morning, John the Baptist takes center stage. Remember John, the one crying in the wilderness? And the one who leapt in his mother's womb, John, the child of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah was, uh, and Elizabeth 
were visited by an angel, and they said, your son will be famous. And uh, they didn't believe him because they were old, just like Sarah and Abraham. They didn't think it was going to happen, especially uh, Zechariah, the father. And so because he didn't believe that his son would be born, he lost his voice, and he couldn't speak until after John was born. And remember that tender moment when Mary, who had heard this amazing announcement from the angel Gabriel that she was to have a child. Mary went to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth. We don't know if um, Elizabeth was a cousin or perhaps she could have been even an aunt of Mary. But when Mary entered her house, Elizabeth said, the babe leapt inside of me. John the Baptist sensed Jesus' presence and took a leap inside his womb. (laughs) An amazing moment. So John the Baptist, crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. So this morning we are confronted and provoked by John in a couple different ways. Confronted and provoked. That's kind of the uh, definition of an interim pastor. Do you know that? (laughs) The interim pastor is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Okay, enough of that. John's confrontation was that we must repent. And the provoking has to do with speaking up for the kingdom of God. Repent. If you look closely at this text, it's interesting. Um, Our text says, um, look at it with me. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Um, Interesting. The Old Testament text from Isaiah, where this was um, quoted, I mean, uh, John quoted the prophet Isaiah, or Matthew, excuse me, Matthew quoted the prophet Isaiah. In that original context, It says, a voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Not a voice in the wilderness cries out. It's an interesting difference because I like the context of a voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Because it's often in the wilderness of our lives that we need to get down on our knees and repent and turn around. The the Greek metanoia literally means to turn around and go the other way. Cast off the weight of sin through repentance. Um, John confronted those who needed repentance. He confronted those who were wealthy to share their goods. He confronted the tax collectors to be fair when they took when they gathered their taxes 
And he confronted the soldiers. He said, don't lord it over them. Because you are a soldier, they are afraid of you. Be easy on them. Don't, don't use them. And then he confronted King Herod by saying, um, you should not have married your brother's wife. That was not a good deal. That was not according to the law. And that pretty much cost him his head. John the Baptist confronted us to repent and turn around. So, if we do not confront, I mean, if we do not repent, we feel the weight of sin. We carry that with us. And it's not an easy thing. Some of you saw the effect of that heavy snowstorm on trees and shrubs, how it weighed them down right to the ground. In fact, I had three, we have three beautiful trees in front of our yard that were just about broken. It took me an hour, literally, to shovel around them to loosen up the lower branches so that they could straighten up. What an image of the weight of sin. It weighs us down. I don't know if I told you this story, but if I did, forgive me, because I love it so much. When I was in Nigeria for a sabbatical, I was guest of the, the seminary, and I got to sleep in the guest house. And right next to my window where I slept, there was a family of goats who came, and at night they settled down. Have I told you this story? Okay, good. And at about 10 o'clock or so, the goats, by the way, the animals in the seminary in Nigeria, they just kind of roamed all over. Some of the professors owned some of the goats and sheep, and, and they just roamed and grazed and took whatever they could. But this family settled down, and, but they were noisy until they settled down. So, but the, the old goat, the father, had something going on. He ate, you know, goats eat anything. He ate something, and he could not get it out. So he would come, and he would be going, (laughs) and it's 11 o'clock, and and (laughs) all of a sudden, (laughs) it came out, and he settled down with his family. What a message. If we don't get it out, we'll die. If we don't repent and let go of that which troubles us, we will die. Repentance opens up the future. Interesting announcement made a couple weeks ago. Um, President-elect Trump and Mitt Romney had lunch together. And the idea was maybe he's a candidate for the Secretary of State, Romney, that is. My question is, is this a possible political reconciliation motivated by power? Or is this a possible genuine act of reconciliation by two powerful opponents who realize the need to repent, turn around, and work together for the sake of the world. I really hope that is the case. John the Baptist announced 
announces repentance is the door to new life. Without repentance, there can be no joy in the beautiful hymn, Joy to the World. We cannot say, prepare the way of the Lord until we have prepared our own heart on our knees before our Savior. So, please hear this. You do not need to be a preacher to prepare the way of the Lord. But you do need to speak up. Speak the truth in love for Christ and his church. Do you know that your faith is always personal? But it is never private. As a Christian, your faith is never private. The world needs to hear your voice and see your actions. A couple examples. Um, Pretty simple, but when my daughter was about 11 or 12, we went into Target, and she had this song on her mind that she wanted to to have. Uh, it was a CD. And so she picked it out, and we went to the... Um, I paid for it, and had the slip, but it was in one of these containers that Fort Knox wouldn't, couldn't open it. And I wanted to play it in the car on the way home for her. So I went to the desk... Uh, service desk, and I said, do you have a scissor or something I can open this? Oh, no, you can't open that in the store. Well, I have my, I bought it. Right here is my, no, you can't do that. And I looked at her, and I said, can I see your manager right now? She reached down and handed me a scissors. (laughs) So, what, you know, it's a simple example When you see injustice as a Christian, speak up, speak up. Um, Another example, Professor James Burtness, uh, Luther Seminary, talked about his 80-plus-year-old mother who prepared the way of the Lord. Here's the way it goes. At the checkout counter of the local Kmart, she stands in line in front of a young boy. She strikes up a conversation, and somewhere along the line, Ask the boy where he goes to Sunday school. He doesn't go? Really? Oh, I think you'll like it. Could I call your mother and see if I can pick you up? We have a choir, too. The kids have a lot of fun. She calls his mother, no problem. So every Sunday, Mrs. Burtness picks up 10-year-old James for Sunday school and choir. His sister asks if she can come, too. Then there is a concert. And the mother wants to come and hear the children's choir. Contacts are made, introductions, and soon the family is rooted in the congregation. Meanwhile, Mrs. Burtness is back at the local Kmart, standing in line and preparing the way of the Lord. It's all about personal contact. First, there's repentance, making peace with God and those that we have hurt or wronged so that we can stand upright before God. And then it's the joy of witness, welcoming the world to see the beauty of God in Christ. So John the Baptist confronts our insecurity, our hypocrisy, and then provokes us to be childlike in telling the old, old story as we are able. Personally, for me, 
I thank God for um, a childhood friend, a schoolmate, who has passed on now, Daryl Hagstrom. In fifth grade at school, Sheridan Elementary School, Daryl looked across at me and said, Hey, do you want to go to, a, to my church? Uh, we're gonna, there's a craft thing. We're going to make uh, leather billfolds. Oh, really? I had never been. Oh, I was in Sunday school once or twice, but was not connected to the church. I went with Daryl. We actually got out of school an hour early. Religious release time. I went with Daryl to Emmanuel Lutheran Church in northeast Minneapolis, and the Holy Spirit did the rest. Who invited you? And will you welcome, who, whom will you welcome into the kingdom of God? John the Baptist said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We, like John, are ambassadors of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Holy Spirit help us do what God has called us to do. Amen. Continue with the hymn of the day on Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cries, number 249.
down later. <laughs> by confessing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Father As we anticipate the fullness of the presence of Christ, we join with the church throughout the world, praying for all who are in need. <laughs> for the church throughout the world, for all inspired and led by the Holy Spirit, for all who proclaim the wondrous deeds of God, that all divisions and disagreements cease, let us pray. For the earth and its creatures, for animals of every size, for plants that provide shade and nourishment, that we see God's goodness revealed in every living thing, let us pray. For the nations and those in authority, for police officers and firefighters, for social workers and attorneys, that God grant them wisdom to work for peace and justice, let us pray. For the poor, the meek, the unwelcome, those suffering from malaria and HIV AIDS, the sick and the bereaved, especially those that we know who are very dear to us, remain silently in our hearts before you. That they all experience Christ embodied in healthcare workers and caregivers, let us pray. For those traveling and those absent from this gathering, for those serving in the military, for those preparing for baptism, and for our congregation, that in all we do we praise and glorify God, let us pray. In thanksgiving for the faithful departed who have died in Christ, that they show us the way of hope through the incarnate word, let us pray. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people, those spoken aloud, and those known only to you. And grant us peace through Jesus Christ, our coming Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And also with you. Please take a moment and share the peace of our Lord. Peace be with you.
join in praying together the offertory prayer. Savior, Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this, remember me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the Lord's resurrection until he comes again. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father,
Christ and his precious blood strengthen and preserve you unto life everlasting. Let us pray together the prayer after communion. God, Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you and scatter the darkness from before your path. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Closing hymn is Prepare the Royal Highway, number 264.